each other, share some personal stories. And so Charles is gonna be able to set you up for that. So without further ado, my brother, brother, what's your revolution? I am humbled uh, to be here with you this morning. Very, very humbled. I know some of you have come from a very, very long way to be a part of this Leadership Institute. So I am happy, humbled, uh, elated, all of the adjectives that could be in my mind to be here with you as you think about your revolution. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, uh, how to start a revolution. Before we do that, we've had all our accolades, we've had all the things, I want you to stand up again. I know you've spent a lot of time with this. Find somebody you have not talked to already today. And that might be hard because we did, we did a lot of grief. Find somebody, find a partner that you have not talked to. Somebody you don't know, somebody. All right, hurry up. Let's, 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 let's keep it moving. Find that person. Don't say anything yet. Find, just find that person, shake their hand. All right, shake their hand. What happened, what happened with our ancestors is that we didn't walk by and just say hello to each other. Hello is a very casual greeting. Hello. But when our ancestors saw each other, they wanted to see every bit of us, all right? So instead of saying hello, they said sawabona, all right? Sawabona. So say that to your partner, sawabona. Sawabona. Anybody know what sawabona means? Huh? It means I see you, all right? It means that I see you, all right? Don't you want to be seen? When people say hello, you want to be seen, you want to see that. You want them to see your personality. You want them to see your essence. You want them to see your aura. You want them to see everything about you. So when you say sawabona, that means that I see you, all right? All right, the response to that is shikona. Say that with me, shikona, all right? That means what, anybody know? You would think that it means thank you. I see you too. Yeah. Uh, it means I see you too, but it also means that I am here with you. All right? I'm not just seeing you, right? I'm in this space with you. All right? You're going to be in spaces with each other where you're going to be vulnerable. You're going to say things that you've never said to people. You're going to open up about yourself. You want people to see you and you want people to be here with you. So say it again, Sawabona. Shikona. Sawabona. Shikona. Thank you, you all can sit down. You all can sit down. And thank you for seeing each other. So some people ask me, how did I get to this point in my life where I began asking this question, What's your revolution? It seems to be a, a simple question that people ask themselves, right? How many of you all wake up every morning and ask yourself, or try to answer that question, what's your revolution? No. Well, hopefully after today, you will wake up every morning and you'll look in the mirror and you say, you know what, I've got to answer this question. I've got to answer this question because it should be the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? But how did I get here is the question. Because I wasn't always asking and answering this question to myself. I got my PhD from Tulane University in 2011. I was old for PhD since. I was 40 years old. I'm a good plastic surgeon. Thank you. All right, exactly. 
Uh, as they said in Coming to America, there's a lot of, a lot of juices and berries. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of juices and berries going on. Oh no, man, you look old anyway. Um, but I sat in graduation and, you know, how many of y'all are, are ready for some sort of graduation, right? You're excited, you're excited, you'll be going through grad, and it's a great time, you're like high school graduation, you'll be going out to work or you're going to college or you're doing whatever in your life is challenging you to do. I had been through several graduations, so I was like, you know what, I'm just ready to go home. And for those of us who live in New Orleans, we know what happens in New Orleans. We're going to party, right? So I'm, I'm ready for this to be over. I exactly. And most graduation speeches are horrible. All right, you're sitting there, it's some boring professor like myself who's sitting there talking about a story, talking about how to pontificate about the world. And so I'm like, I'm ready to go. The only reason I was actually there that day is because in New Orleans, you know, we bring big stars to graduation. And you'll never guess who was my graduation star. It wasn't Lil Wayne. Who? Jay-Z. Huh? It wasn't, it wasn't Drake. It was someone, I said I was 40, so I'm excited, right? I said, I said I'm 40 years old. All right, so you, right, think old school. Think old school. It wasn't Master P. Because, it was no, no Jay-Z would have been nice. Jay-Z would have been nice. So I'm a, I'm a shock ahead. It was Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Oh. You said that. You said that. Right? It was Stevie Wonder. So the only reason I went to my graduation because we had our hooding ceremony. And the only reason because Stevie Wonder was going to sing. I wanted, I wanted to hear Ribbit in the Sky. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to hear all of that. So I was elated. So I'm sitting on the front row waiting for Stevie. Stevie came on, Stevie sang, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I'm, okay, now I'm really ready to go. Because <laughs> the reason why I'm here is to hear Stevie. But the graduation speaker came on, and his name was Thomas Friedman. And you probably don't know who Thomas Friedman is because uh, we don't get the New York Times in, a lot of us don't get the New York Times in New Orleans. But the New York Times is one of those big newspapers that has been around for hundreds, uh, at least 100 years. But Tom Freeman is a Pulitzer Prize winning author. And it's very interesting because you were young. Think back uh, six years ago. How old were you six years ago? Six, seven, eight, nine years old, right? You're not really thinking about what's really going on in the world, but we were going through a recession, all right? Who was our president? Eight years ago, that's Six years ago, six years ago. I was nine. President Obama was our president, all right? He was our guy. He was our guy. He was the man. He had that swag. I'm walking in. I'm doing my thing. But during that time, remember, he got in office and there was a recession. We had to build back up. We're now seeking, we're actually reaping uh, the rewards of all of his hard work. But during 2011, we were going through a recession. And a recession means that we were going through a very hard economic time. And so Tom Friedman sashayed to the stage and he began to weave this story about what was going on in our country. We were going through depression, we were going through recession. It was hard times. You remember New Orleans post-Katrina, right? Oh yeah. There were still some tough times happening. If you remember 2008, all right, you came back to New Orleans, you may or may not have been able to get food after 10 o'clock. We still were trickling back in. But 2011, we were still coming through. Tom Friedman said, you know, as you graduate from school, you may have a harder time finding a job. It might be the hardest time in our country to find a job, but it was the best time in our lives to actually create a job. Think about that. 
Most of us at that time would graduate from school and go out and look for a job. I want to work for a Fortune 500 country. I want to make $100,000. But those jobs were not there anymore. And so he said, you can't really go out and find a job. But it was the best time for you to go out and create a job. And so that boredom that was sitting there in my mind began to come down to... Fortunately, I had a job. I was going to be a professor at Loyola University in New Orleans. But it still made me think about what could I do differently? How could I begin my own personal journey of growth? How could I begin to foster my own revolution? So as I said, he began to go on and go on because in this country, it would take people who were revolutionaries for you to sit in this place. It was very interesting this morning because I always think about the experiences. And Brother Jeff and I were waiting on you patiently because we're so excited to be here with you. But as adults, as you know, we get up early in the morning, we do this hard work, we want to be here. We didn't do something that is pivotal to our lives. We didn't eat. So we found ourselves after we talked to Sister Lakidra, and we said, you know what, we're going to go find a place to eat. And so we walked into the grocery store, forgive me for this lengthy story, we walked into the grocery store, and we were the only people of color in there. So we walked around, and I said, Jeff, you know, I'm just going to get a, uh, some protein bars and some fruit, and we can keep it moving. But Brother Jeff, being who he was, he was like, you know what, I want some food. All right, you know, if we're in New Orleans, I, I want some food. So we asked this man, Troy, you know, where can we go eat, right? Troy, you know, stout, white man, humble, so you know what, right down the street you can go to GoTo Cafe. So we go to GoTo Cafe, we walk into the room, we walk in, and basically that's what is a room. It's a room with a stove, uh, a wood counter with the, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, with the cash register. And guess what we saw? Or guess what we didn't see? It's a better, a better question. Huh? We didn't see any people that looked like us. Everybody in the room was white. So as I, as I just mentioned to you, we come on the backs of revolutionaries because remember, this is, we are in rural Louisiana. You understand that? And so back in rural Louisiana in the 40s and 50s, Brother Jeff and I walking into this space, right, and asking for food was unheard of because we might have got, had to go around the back or they might have said that you could not be in this space. Right, Brother Jeff? Yes, sir. You're right. You remember that experience that we just had half an hour ago? We walked in this space, and everyone kind of looked at us like, and Brother Jeff and I looked at each other, and we sat down, and we just kind of laughed for a second, right? You know, because we took in the moment that we come on the backs of revolutionaries. We come on the backs who died and said, you know what, we're going to make sure that you have the ability to be educated, that you have the ability to walk into spaces that we couldn't walk into. So it's very interesting as we got our reference and, and this nice young woman who treated us with so much kindness and respect said thank you we, and just said, you know what, not even said that, but in her spirit said, I'm happy that you're here with us. So as I sat there with Tom Freeman, I began to ask that question to myself. What's your revolution? Because I know that I and you come on the backs of others who have died, who have sweat and toiled for you to be in these spaces. So every day I wake up asking and answering this one pivotal question. What's your revolution?
I'm going to ask you some questions. Because I can, I, I can think about my revolutionaries. I can think about Martin and Malcolm and Stokely. Sometimes you may not even know who they are because they haven't been taught to you in your history classes, as Brother Jeff and I were, were talking about it, because what is happening is that your history is being pushed aside. I know my father, Charles Corporal Jr., and my mother, revolutionaries, the first African-American male to be the president of the Virginia Education Association. But let me ask you a question. Who's revolutionary to you? Who do you believe when you look up and say, you know what, I want to be that person because they're making change. And that's not a rhetorical question. I want you to answer that question. Who do you see out there that's making change in the world that you say, you know what, I want to be like them? Is there anybody? Raise your hand. Speak up. There's nobody out there that you see that you want to emulate that says, you know what, this is my revolutionary? Yes, brother, right here. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Why? Why Michael Jackson? But he was able to uh, do what he was supposed to do on stage to make people feel some type of way. To make people feel some type of way. He was a game changer, right? When a Michael Jackson comes on, even you, right? Even you. Michael hasn't had a, well, Michael hasn't had a song in years because of his passing. But you still are rocking PYT. You're still rocking Thriller. You're still rocking Bad, right? Exactly. Right here. Who, who is revolutionary to you? Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Right. Nina Simone. Why Nina Simone? Because her songs affect you in a way. Her songs affect you. All right. Again, music. If you listen to Jay Z's album, right, you might hear a little Nina Simone. Correct. You think about Jay Z, 2017, and he's playing Nina Simone. Right. What's one of her famous songs? Anybody know? Poor woman. Poor woman. Right. Somebody said it. I heard it. Feeling good. Feeling good, strange fruit. Strange fruit. Who is revolutionary to you? Right here. Huh? Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Oh, the answer. Why Allen Iverson? Because he was like, I don't want to say like a gangster basketball player, but like, um, but like, um, he was like a role, um, a role model. Yeah, yeah, and like he was like an example that like you could like come from anything and still be. You can come from anything. You know, the interesting thing about that, young brother, is that AI is from the home area. He's from Virginia, right? And I got to see this brother go through trouble, right? He was arrested for what they called a melee, a gang brawl. He was put in jail. Luckily, revolutionary Doug Wilder, the first African-American governor in the modern era of Virginia, right, pardoned him allowed him the ability to go play for another revolutionary, John Thompson at Georgetown, right? To go on and then be drafted, right? In the 1996, 1995 draft to be one of the most prolific players in basketball history. He is in the Hall of Fame, but he'll tell you about his struggles. Revolution is not always easy. It's actually very hard. As you think about that, that cycle, you will go through. It is not easy. The beginning of a revolution is always the hardest because you have to, at some point, realize that you have to start somewhere. Who's revolutionary to you? So I'm putting some pictures up behind me. <coughs> Chance the Rapper, Serena Williams, Brother Ta-Nehisi Coates. When you get a chance, I think you need to read this book, Between the World and Me. 
because it talks about us and the things that we have gone through. National Book Award winner. Imagine that, telling a story about black folks. Who's revolutionary to you? Why Janet Jackson? She inspires, right? As an actress, as a singer, as a philanthropist, all that. A philanthropist means somebody who gives money away, all right? It means that she says, you know what? I have the ability to change people's <coughs> lives with the, with the money that I've made, all right? Yes, right here. NWA. Oh, wow. Why NWA? Right. This conversation, right? And you know NWA, they caught it. Right? They caught it because they were using the N-word, right? But they were telling a story. Right? They were telling a story. How many people have seen that movie? All right? Straight out of Compton. Oh, no. You haven't seen Straight Out of Compton? Well, you might want to see that with your family. <laughs> All right? Miss <laughs> uh, Lakita's like, oh, you don't watch that by yourself. Uh, but it's telling a story, right? At a time when what was going on, particularly in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. All right? We, had, we needed that story. Thank you for bringing that out there. A couple more. Who's revolutionary to you? One and then two. Right here. Angela Davis. Angela Davis. Why? Why Angela Davis? I know her story, her story is out there for everybody, but I want to know why for you. Because even though people doubted her, she, she still used her power in a way and made her, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but. It's all right, sister. Somebody help me. She used her power. She used her power, and you have to think about that for a black woman during that period of time, to use her power to influence change. Do you tell yourself that you're powerful every, every day? If you don't, I want you to, when you answer that question, right? What's your revolution? I want you to say that I am powerful. I am powerful. For sisters out there, because we haven't been talking about you. We've been so worried about our young brothers. We haven't really been talking about you. But you need to say, hey, I'm out here. I'm powerful, right? We've had revolutionary sisters before us. We will be those same sisters who come behind Angela Davis. Right here, young brother. Who's revolutionary to you? There's this author, her name is Renee Watson. Renee Watson. It's called Just Out of Home, and it's about these homes and neighborhoods turning into homes, mostly Caucasians, and you're driving out after the rental house. Right. So you like her as an author to tell that story. That's what we need. Tony DC Coates is a hat, hat up there before that. Telling that story. An interesting thing about Between the World and Me. It's a love letter, right? It's a roadmap for his 15-year-old son. Imagine that. Imagine that if you had the opportunity now to write a roadmap for your future children, what would you say? If you had that opportunity to write a roadmap based on the life that you live right now to your future children, what is something that you would put in that letter? Stay in school, right here. Learn from, mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. And you would, you would detail what those mistakes are. What else would you put in that letter? Be a better me. Be a better me. What does that look like? Like, take what I've done, but like, 
do better with it. Take my like victories and make them even greater. Take my victories and do even better. Isn't that what we're supposed to do as parents for our children? To provide them with a better platter than what we had? What else would you say, young brother, right here? Say again. Don't nobody let them break your confidence down, right? Again, you say that you are powerful beyond measure. Look at all these hands. Look at all these hands right here. Build your own legacy. Legacy. And, and, and legacy is what you're going to leave. I'm leaving you with this. But you have the opportunity to build your own legacy. And what is that going to look like? I'm coming back to you. We've got a lot of hands. Who haven't I called on? Right here. This young brother right here. Get a better education. Get a better education. Can I tell you a quick story? Just one second, I'm gonna come back to the hands. When I got my PhD in 2011, um, and please forgive me if I, get a, if I get a little choked up. My father was there with me. My father's 88 years old. And when I was two or three years old, he was pursuing his PhD. And I was small, and I'm an only child, and my mother was taking care of, she was going to work, and she was coming home and taking care of me, and he was going to school every night. So he was a principal by day, and then going to school, getting his PhD. And the PhD is the highest level degree that you can get. So he was going to school at night, and I never got to see him, because as a child, you know, you get put to bed early. I never got to see him, maybe on weekends, because he was studying. So finally one day, I said, Dad, you know what? I want to see you more often. Here I am, I just want to see my dad. So he and my mother had this discussion and he decided to stop his studies. He said, I'm going to be with my child. And so when I graduated from Tulane in 2011, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It was for him. And as I, as I, as I scrolled through the pictures of graduation, he took a picture, and I guess my mother took it. He put on my robe and, and cap. And he's standing there so proud because what he had given up, as you just said, your legacy. He said, I'm going to provide for my child. I'm going to be there for him. And so as I saw that picture of him in my gown and my hat, I could do nothing but break down because that's what it is. His revolution wasn't for him. It was for me. And you know, you know, in New Orleans, as we do, in everything we do, we put beads around people's necks. And at Tulane's graduation, they gave us beads. And he wore those beads every day for a year. It didn't matter whether he was wearing a suit or what he was doing, he wore those beads because he was proud, because he knew that his sacrifice had meant something. He tells everybody, that's my son, Dr. Corporu. Right. <laughs> that's my son, Dr. All right, Dad, all right, Dad. What are you going to say to your children? What's in that letter? Right here. Find out what you love, become the best at it, and make it your passion. Find out what you love. Too many of us walk into spaces and we don't love it. We go to work, but we hate it. We don't like the people that we work with because we're not working around our passion, because it's not our revolution. Find what you love. My sister right here. I would say that 
You should bring yourself to a place where you make money when you sleep. <laughs> Lakeisha, what you got in here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. You should be in a place that you make money while you sleep. That's why Jay-Z's album so, is so prolific right now. He said, I'm trying to give you a rhyme for $9.99, right? If I had heard this 10 years ago, 20 years ago, this wasn't Jay. Jay was talking about something else. Jay was talking about where I was at that time, right? I'm trying to give you a rhyme for nine, nine. I'm trying to teach you. I love that. I love that. We got a couple more, a couple more. Right here, right here, right here. We're going we're gonna to move on. One, two, three. Go ahead. Be humble. Huh? Be humble. Be humble. Yeah. Be, humble. <laughs> Be humble, but as my young brother back here said, don't let them break your confidence. That's one thing about us, that we walk in the rooms, we walk in with all this bravado, we want to be this, we want to be that. But the people who are making money when they sleep, <laughs> they don't even let you know. They don't even let you know. You're sitting in rooms with millionaires and you don't even know because they don't have to. They don't have to. Be humble. Right here. Yes. Stand up for what you know is right. You all know, you've seen the movements that are coming out right now. And the funny thing about happens when Black Lives Matter stands up, <coughs> what do they try to do? They try to tear it down, right? Somebody said that Black Lives Matter was the new KKK. You understand that? Stand up for what's right. My last comment, the sister right here. Create yourself a better future. Goes back to my man's statement right here. Create your legacy. Create a future for yourself and for your family and for your community. And so when people look back at Brother Jeff and Brother Lakeidra and all the wonderful parents and supporters here, right? Because they know, where do you think they could be on a Saturday morning, right? They could be somewhere else. They could be asleep. They could be at, at the breakfast spot. But they chose to be here with you, to build the community, to leave a legacy. So I'm gonna leave you with a couple things I want you to think about, all right? And then we're gonna do an activity at the end. Sister Shonda Ron, anybody watch Scandal? Yeah. All right? You ever think about her story? All right, Scandal and revolu Revolution, all right? How to get away with murder? You think about that sister, where she came from, and now is one of the most prolific producers in Hollywood. People are going to her to say, you know, would you read my script? Think about that. But how do you become revolutionary? You ever think about that? You ever think about how you can become revolutionary? That's actually his son, Ziggy. Really? Yeah. All right. It's actually his son, Ziggy. The first thing in starting your revolution is that you have to realize that there is something inside of you. That you can't just walk out of this room and say, you know what, I'm going to be a revolutionary without having looked inward. I have a t-shirt that I wear sometimes that said, personal, global revolution does not exist without personal revolution. So as I sat there with Tom Friedman thinking about what was going to be my revolution, I began to think about what was my flaws. 
What were my flaws? How could I change myself? How could I look inward to say, you know what? How can I be a beacon of light for someone somewhere else? Because that's where revolution begins, because we're not perfect people, right? Even at your age, we've done some bad things, all right? We, we want to be better people. But how can we show the world what a revolution is if we can't start with ourselves? So as you begin your revolution, the first step is to think, you know what? How do I look inward to think about where I can go? Because every day, people, somebody's looking at you. And you don't think about it. You're walking down the street. You got your headphones on. You're acting a certain kind of way. You think the world is oblivious to you. Guess what? Somebody is watching. Somebody is watching to see how you act. Somebody is seeing, watching to see how you speak. Somebody is act, watching to see what you do when stress happens, when they put you in that position. The second step, anybody know what the second step is? Anybody? You gotta have a vision, right? You have to have a vision. What does that mean, to have a vision? Not to be able to see. What is a vision? Somebody says a plan. Somebody said a plan. What else? What's a vision? Right here. Like, what's going to happen in the future? What may happen in the future? Right here. Like a dream you want to become a reality. A dream that you want to become a reality. Tell me, a vision. What's a vision? Right here. Say again. To see it. A seed. You said a seed. The seed is your, that's right. I'm going to plant this right here. And I hope that this tree grows. That's my vision. And so the vision is actually the tree. Is that right? That's the tree. So people will ask me my question because they see me and it has become part of my brand. Oh, corporate, you know, what's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? So I began to answer the question, what's my revolution? And remember, it starts with a personal revolution, right? I need to be able to answer that. So when people ask me, what's my revolution? I say, I want us to find the healthiest versions of ourselves. And I'm not talking about just physical health. I'm talking about mental health, right? What does that mean? Because we go through all these stressors. We exposure to discrimination and racism and all these different things. Exposure to violence, hurricanes. being called something that we're not. So being the healthiest version of ourselves, meaning finding what makes us happy. So that's my revolution. I have a radio show called the What's Your Revolution radio show where we talk about how men and the people who love them can embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. That's my vision. To see a world when you walk through and you can say, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm here with you, I see you. <clears throat> the third thing is this was happening in this room. Surround yourself with other revolutionaries. I don't just like to hang out with Miss Lakedra, all right? I don't like to hang out with J-Lo, just because she's J-Lo, right? <laughs> I like to hang out with Ms. Lakeisha because she brings it together, because she is revolutionizing your lives. She brought Brother Jeff and I. We had the most prolific conversation at 7 o'clock this morning because we just had to be in the car together, right? 
But what I learned from that brother in the, in the 60 minutes is going to change my life. And I hope that I was able to impart some knowledge on this brother who has been all over the world, something, right? But if your crew, if your cohort, or the people that you run with are not challenging you, you need to walk away from them. All right. And the funny thing about it is, there's this old saying that if you are the person, or you are this person in your crew, you need another crew. Right? Because guess what? Everybody else is trying to pull from you. Associate with people who are changing the world. Not just the ones who talk about it. Like I said, I don't just hang out with Miss Lakeza because she wants to hang out and do New Orleans with me. Right? I hang out because Miss Lakeza is changing the world. The last thing. The last thing. You should know at the end of your revolution that it has changed people's lives, right? Because it's not a revolution if you haven't done anything for anybody else, right? It's not a revolution if you have not done anything else for anyone. you just talking about it. you just playing at it. The best part of my week it's from 2.30 to 3.30 on Wednesdays. Because that's when at least 7,000 people get to hear the What's Your Revolution show. At least 7,000 people get to hear me bring guests on my show to talk about how we find revolution, how we build revolution, how we embrace the healthiest versions of ourselves. As you think about your revolution, understand it has to have an impact. It has to empower people to stand up and say, you know what, I want to be like this brother. Who are you? Daniel. Daniel. Right? I want to be like Daniel. You all know who that young brother is? Kid President. Kid, y'all like Kid President? Yeah. He's a good brother. All right? You know he's 13 years old now, right? I saw like an updated picture of him. I was like, uh, yeah, you've grown up. <laughs> this video that I'm going to show you had... 12 million views. I know y'all post your little videos on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You might get 100 likes, you might get 100 views. Imagine if your revolution could get 12 million. Can you imagine the impact that you could have if you are spinning a message that actually talks about change, that is a movement for people to grab hold of? 12 million how many of y'all want that in your life? How many people you want to have 12 million views of what you're trying to say? If my sister got up here and said, look, when you sleep, you need to be making money, and 12 million people saw that, what kind of impact would you have on the world? Right? Particularly if it was you. Come up here. All right? I want the world to see you for a second. Say hello. Hi. This, this, this is, tell, you, tell us your name. My name is Sierra Jones. Sierra Jones. Where are you from? Imagine. Say it. Now, what was your revolution? What did you say? What'd you, what'd you? I said that you should put yourself in a place where you make money when you sleep. Make money when you sleep. Yeah. Imagine it. How old are you? 15. 15. I wish I knew that at 15. Yeah. I think Brother Jeff knew that at 15. Yeah. All right. Thank you. 
Imagine 12 million times people were able to see that. At 15. Hey, I might need you to do my financial planning later, all right? <laughs> all right? I want you to think about that. That's the, that's the last piece of this. You know it's a revolution when other people have been impacted. Greatly. Over and over and over again. We're still talking about Martin. We're still talking about Malcolm. We're still talking about Stokely, right? We're still talking about Tamir. We're still talking about Trayvon. We're still talking about Black Lives Matter. That's what revolutionaries do. I'm gonna ask you after this video, I want you to think about it right now, all right? Because I want you to come up and be able to talk coherently. Those of you who have the courage to come up and tell the world your revolution. But I want you to listen to this one second. Can you play that for me? All right. Let's get the all the way there you go. <coughs> Not the next one. Right there. And then click on the uh, Well, we love technology. <laughs> I, hear, I hear the bug. As we figure this out, and we may not figure it out, all right? Who wants to come up here and tell me the revolution? Come on, young brother. You're answering that question, what's your revolution? Give him a hand clap. Good, what's your name? The coach. All right. All right. It was like where he going. Exactly. But that's how, hey, but, but that, you got to be flexible. You got to be fluid. All right. You got it? Yeah. You got it. All right. We're going we gonna to get back to you. No, you stay right here with me. All right. We're getting FaceTime. FaceTime. Face Good. She had it. She had it. We're trying to figure it out. I think we all need a tech talk. Yeah. The world needs you to stop being boring. Yeah, you. Boring is easy. Everybody can be boring, but you're gooder than that. Life is not a game, people. Life isn't a cereal either. Well, it is a cereal. And if life is a game, are we on the same team? I mean, really, right? I'm on your team, be on my team. This is not people. We got air coming through your nose. We got heartbeat. That means it's time to do something. A poem. Two roads diverged in the woods. 